two black nerds. It's been a minute. Yo, got Romeo in New York, and we're just like, we got to do it to him. Feel like Mace, you know, Mace dropped Welcome Back, Welcome Back, and then he didn't <laughs> drop any music after that. We're not going to do that to you. We're not going to do that to you. Nah, yeah, I have you been, man. Been good, man. Been good, man. Dang, it's been like, what, two years? About about two years since we last. Yo, son, that's crazy. Uh, what's new in your life, man? Uh, I mean, a lot. I don't, I'd like, to summarize two years in like a single sentence, a lot has happened, and uh, I am now, for a, for multiple reasons, I'm currently unemployed. To fun employed. Fun employed uh, of my own shoes. There's a lot of things that happened in the past few that lived uh, but I'm really happy to see you, man. See how you're doing. Since two years ago, you know, I left my job at DigitalOcean last yeah. year. Uh, you know, I got a senior engineering gig at GitHub, working on GitHub Actions. It's kind of strange. Oh, cool, man. Yeah, awesome. yeah, man. I love it. It's been great. It's been a great learning experience, you know. I feel kind of like, uh, you know, pretentious. People, like, back whenever I first started working on it, right, like, yeah. my project's on the low. So it's like, oh, what are you working on? I'm just like, sorry, I can't tell you. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm legally not allowed to tell you. And like, yeah. oh, Mr. Cool Guy. I'm just like, yeah. yo, I just don't want to lose my job. But, <laughs> but yeah, man. Yeah, man. So what are we going to do for our topic du jour today? I don't know. The, the main thing that we're thinking about is just kind of catch up and kind of fill in the audience on where we've been, what's happened since the last, uh, just as we right. can't just like pick up and go like, oh, you're not going to talk about what's happened in the last two years, you know, like, Absolutely. you know, Experian leaked my freaking credit information, you know, and your, wait, you got hit? No, I don't think I did. Oh, I wish I did though. But then, um, what else happened? That happened. Cambridge Analytica happened. Jeff Bezos been wiling. <laughs> yeah. No, things changed. Personally, like, from, at least from my perspective, a lot of the things that happened was that the, the why we stopped having like a core recording because I personally got with how much was. And so all of a sudden it just, for me, it kind of made sense to kind of retract back. Um, and obviously I was out as I was, but overall I'm very- Yeah, likewise. It's funny because like I look back at the date of our last recording and like that's kind of why I first started my first round of job searches. Or job oh, searches. Yeah. 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 And it's like, you know, I had to deal with a lot of rubbish, like not rubbish per se, but interviewing takes a lot out of you, man. Like, you know, I was in a dark place. It's kind of weird, right? Like how it hits your self-esteem of just like catching a lot of L's. You know, I think yeah. I got like at least 40 rejections or maybe at least 40 interviews and like 30 rejections or something like that. Something crazy. It's kind of a bad engineer or anything. It's a matter of just like, how are you feeling that day? Like, it's just so variable. Yeah. I can't just, like, I can go to work and do good work pretty much, like, nine times out of ten mm-hmm. or, like, 95% of the time. But, like, with interviewing, man, it's just, like, having to, like, finesse it during the work day, making up some lame excuses of why you can't, like, yeah, like, you know, just, like, the stress. It's, like, a, it's a full-time job on top of a full-time job, you know? Now, for you, so what made the get- was the GitHub interview than the other ones? Yeah, because pragmatic. Like, it's like, oh, if you have to react in real application, like, um, like five hours, but hey, like, I know what I'm doing. It's still better than that. Yeah, and I think it was like, it was reasonable. Like, it was pretty straightforward. For like a senior engineering position, I'm just like, okay, yeah, this should be something I should be able to do in like a, a few hours. Yeah. The problem is that the test week was broken. So like, whenever <laughs> I did the coding challenge, I was like, I get this test week working, but you know, whenever I actually fixed the solution, it doesn't work, and yeah. I don't have time to fix this. So I just, like, submitted it with a long explanation about how I d- would do the subsequent parts. But, you know, yeah, it is what it is. Um, and then you got the game, which is three. Yeah, man, I've been there for a year. I love it. Working from home has been a game changer. That is true. Not having to go into an office, not having to commute for over an hour. You know, granted, I've gotten lazier because, you know, 
I don't leave my crib that often, but I still like it. It's been uh, been a good change of pace. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, for me, as far as like career-wise, I uh, graduated from my uh, from my program. Basically, became like a full-time employee. Uh, I got my master's in engineering. I think I spoke. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So for about uh, two years, and I mean, to be honest, I didn't use anything directly related. It'd be like that. Um, but then work got like on my end, work got a little bit more hectic mainly. Um, GE, I think at the time, had like multiple CEOs were coming in and out. Uh, we changed CEOs and they had like hiring freezes, yet the work never slowed down. Uh, and the product that we were working on also had a bunch of significant delays. And when I say significant, uh, that's like six months significant, they're still trying to catch up to. Uh, and that kind of for me, and along the way as well, uh, one of the things that happened was that I was also doing like a long distance relationship with my uh, girlfriend. And you know, I, don't, you know, uh, I know that pain. I yeah. Mean, I hope yours hasn't happier than mine does, because, you know, <laughs> mine just honestly. I will like say, like, the, hey, we toughed it out uh, in the long distance. Um, and it had, it had its, like, McCarley it had its ups and downs as well, but we had to have the conversation of like, okay, let's actually move in. Uh, and to be honest, the first months were not easy at all. Yeah. Uh, and like work was roped into it. And like one of the things that, um, and for some reason, you remember how in college, for some reason, like, at least, let me just point that to me. In my mind, I thought I could always work for personal. And no, no, I know. And jokes. That, that, that's like jokes on me for being naive, but I just didn't realize how uh, both kind of tilt and interacted all Like a symbiotic relationship. If you're un- unhappy at work, go, like if you're unhappy for 40 hours a week, like that's going to affect your personal exactly. life. You know, and like, let's be real. Right. Um, and yeah, and part of it, part of the root of the challenges of my long, the fodder of our conversation ended up rotating around me. And I just didn't have like the, the where we felt to kind of like direct our conversation. That was not as great. But, um, Y'all made a lot of progress since then, cause oh yeah, no. so y'all like y'all live together now, right? Yeah, no, we live together through yeah. a wild sequence of events that I'm not even gonna recount here. Uh, <laughs> uh, she, uh, my girlfriend Lauren, uh, was absolutely one of the brave, uh, brave one. In the show. She made the move to come to Dayton, Ohio. Who wants to move to Dayton, Ohio? Let's no. talk about this. Let's talk about that. I mean, I, I will admit that she probably would, that probably wasn't her first choice, but she would say that. Has been anybody's first choice? choice? But that has, all has to do with the way I was thinking at the time. But she came through, the first months were a little bit difficult. Um, but over time, we kind of we worked it out. We hadn't really, but overall, we kind of, we both were committed to it. And that's, and that definitely made the relationship strong and I'm very, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. Very, very much you know, happy about that. Relationships are all communication, man. That's something I'm realizing as I get not get older. It's all about communication. It's a matter of like being single in New York City. Like I'm not even out there like that, but then at the same time, since my breakup, like you know, me and my girlfriend three years broke up like a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and dating New York City has just taught me that like you know, no matter what the foundation or level of your relationship is, whether it's somebody you're just like casually dating or hooking mm-hmm. up with somebody that you're like want to be more serious with like everything in a relationship starts with like communication around expectations etc 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 if somebody if one person is passive aggressive or one person like has a like if your communication styles are misaligned or y'all don't know how to respect and communicate with one another mm-hmm. your relationship is going to be a recipe for not necessarily disaster but it's going to be rocky and it's going to be stressful 
But it's a matter of like everything for the most part should be a discussion. There should be no ultimates. There should be no, um, yeah. you know, my way or the highway type of ordeals, you know. But at the same time, you have to and you have to weigh like pros and cons of like, you know, oh, yeah. moving like, you know, just like things in the relationship. Like compromise is real. But at the same time, it's like, you know, my like me and my ex broke up because me changing my mind about moving in together immediately once she moved okay. to New York City, you know. I suggested waiting a year before we move in together. And she thought that she took that as me not being serious about the relationship. Something that was happening was miscommunication, like being long distance, like we kept on arguing a lot, even being like separated from one another. But now like, you know, so I'm so I'm, so thinking about it, it's like, okay, if we're arguing while we're not together, like how's it gonna how do you know like moving together? I'm not one of those type of people are just like, oh, you know, it's brute force it, see how it goes. Like, yeah. Like, and, no, for sure. And that for me that had oh that so the story between my girlfriend and I like hey we've been dating continuously for the last yeah. two years but we've known each other for like five uh-huh and one of the things that I realized was that our communication styles are not they're not that they're, they're not the same like my my personal communication style doesn't really lend itself to a long distance I am not the first person to come to like I'm not the first person to come to to the text message. I'm not the first person. I've had text messages that I haven't answered for like four days. Bro, you used to do that stuff to me. Um, that, that was so annoying. Then <laughs> like, yo, is this guy a lot? Like, <laughs> my apologies for that, but like, it's just not. It's not my mode of communication. Your co-host on Red. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> and things like I probably would have seen the notification in my mind. I'd be like, hey, I'm gonna answer. Uh, and that's something definitely that. Uh, wasn't helpful that wouldn't be helpful in a long distance relationship and uh that's one thing that i aggressively tried to not do yeah with her and even with that it just wasn't as easy to kind of because she was six hours time difference bro y'all are wild right now and i'm still here like having a one hour time so the things that we we had we had said like i we're gonna commit because we had already done like pseudo long distance was a 90 minute drive yeah I mean, um, shut up, yo. That's like, no, no. That's like being that's like being from Brooklyn to the Bronx. I, I know. I told. I really understand that. But I think for me at the time there were there were stressors plus my own uh, self Justin, and so I knew that I would like I knew the things that I needed to work on for the relationship to yeah. kind of last, and she also knew the what she uh, for the relationship to last. And even with with that, there were still some like misunderstanding and arguments that were had over the phone that were just, they were tough man because like you when you can't see the other person at least for me when you can't see when i'm talking to you the body language you know you only have voice and tone that, and that's what we're seeing context yeah voice i'm not very good at like changing voice or changing tone for some reason me angry looks the same as me anxious and yeah. sounds about the same and that definitely has not been uh has not been the thing for early that definitely kind of helped me out. I mean, looking like look on the bright side, like y'all kind of ended up like you know the Bezoses, you know, like. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, I think both you and her would be happy to be like, yo, if you were ninety million, she'll net worth thirty billion. I think y'all would be content with that. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> cool. maybe I don't know. It, it it would be hard to think about because I've never seen us, you know. Uh, respect. Dang, yeah. back in twenty seventeen, what was hot? Crypto was popping. Now crypto's like. Crypto is here. I'm sleeping. Purpose not sleeping, man. Sleeping here just like not the, it's here to stay, but at the same time, it'll take a long, long time for us to see a rally like we did over the last like oh like a few years ago. Well, the price yeah. price the price definitely have stable. 
What did you invest in, uh, in Ether? Uh, like 40? No, like, I think it's cheaper, bro. No, 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 no. 40, like, you got like 40. You kind of know what 40? No, I've gotten in at 7. Like, um, but like, same thing for Bitcoin because, like, I was used to be on hacker forums whenever I was in high school, yeah. and Bitcoin was like a dollar. But, like, why was 16? I was like, you know, no, 17, that was 2009 when the white paper was released. I was 17, 16 yeah. going on 17. And I was reading this, like, somebody told me, like, yo, you gotta buy this Bitcoin thing. I'm just like, you know, I'm a teenager, so I'm just like, why would I spend money on this imaginary currency something that has no real value? Yeah, Hashtag 2020. I just got in on Ethereum at a dollar, seven dollars, you know, but like my mind, I didn't like learn from my previous mistakes. That's what when was it seven? Uh, uh actually it was twenty fifteen. You mean what but oh twenty fifteen was one dollar. Yeah. Then like uh whenever I moved, uh yeah, it was like around it actually was like slowing between four and seven and, and then like, it went up to twelve and then coinbase coinbase was like there. You could like any one of us could have just like yeah, bro catch whenever i was in college my my computer ethics final research paper yeah was on cryptocurrencies and my the basis of my like uh, thesis was you know while cryptocurrencies are like an actual revolutionary thing from mm -hmm. uh like you know computer science yeah, or, like you know oh, yeah. perspective or like cryptography and like all that like perspective i think that there are technical limitations for mass adoption but I think that cryptocurrency, like that was for Bitcoin, and this is why it was $200. Did I buy still, even though I wrote a 15 page research paper on it? No. And so what ended up happening next though was like, you know, ended up going on this spaceship, like, and I think if I remember correctly, the Winklevoss brothers are the one that kind of literally Gemini. Gemini, that's their. That's where I bought my Ethereum and um, Bitcoin at. Yeah, they plug, so y'all don't shade me. Um, they. I remember, like, they kind of, I think they made a massive investment that kind of brought a lot of attention. And I just saw, like, everything going, like, but the hype. That's a problem about it, though. Like, there's no clear indicators of what drives the, like, um, price of cryptocurrencies other than demand. And that is something very precarious. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, crypto heads would be like, like, you know, they'd be like, well, what drives the value of the U.S. dollar? I'm just like, uh, I don't so, so for me, I, I still, like, I don't understand enough about, like, uh monetary or whatever however that works to be honest up to this day in my life i have taken money as a given i never thought a thing how it comes to be i just know money is money people get it yeah people work for it and use it for stuff at least with that money. it's value it's on the company's performance if you amazon like to a certain degree like there's a direct correlation between performance and stock valuation and stuff like that right yeah sometimes that don't even hold the case like because like it's like you just meet expectations like oh that's not strong enough and it goes down like, yeah stock market's weird crypto you don't have any of those signaling factors well not even crypto let's say bitcoin and um bitcoin and like ethereum and there's an erc20 tokens like all this thing like erc20s are things that are built on top of ethereum block cage um card con basically it's just all like all like it's like big work like it has some like, i don't think i don't get it so here's no i think it's like i don't understand like how exactly it works there's some sort of logic to it regardless of like what the logic is from my current perspective i don't i don't know and i've I'm, it's also bad for the environment we can talk about that like there because like i'm just i've been looking at more into the into that space here and there about people talk about it 
but I haven't really gotten to a point where I can like, yes, I totally understand that's going and you X, Y, Z going forward. Right. It's just an interesting space of picking up steam. That would be definitely uh, to kind of get deep. I turned on Nafa from Coinbase. Hmm? I turned on Nafa from Coinbase. But no, definitely like the, that's that. Even if I end up like never, in, I do want to understand just from a point of view. How, it works? How? Not how it works. So like I, I read the, what currently is driving, like how do you think about it in more uh, by high, no, by low self, right? Bro, you that's, know my dad, right? Hmm? You know, you, you remember my father, right? Mm-hmm. Tell me on the way back from South Carolina, like, go. Oh, we're in the yeah. that's like, this is why, man, bro. I'm just like, I'm just like, y'all, I'm weak. <laughs> I can explain. I explained to him, like, how that's like, he's like, but then he said, but what gives it value? Why is the price so high? I'm just like, exactly. that's a million dollar price. I don't know. Dad. But, <laughs> yeah, that's a million dollar no. I don't know. And I mean, from your perspective, what's, what's your take on this Libra move? I haven't written up about it to form an opinion, but mm-hmm. I will say that in terms of tech companies, so we talked about a few years ago, like one of my favorite episodes was how we talked about like, you know, Google and like data privacy and like all that. We talked about, it's on the podcast episode, but at the same time, we talked about like the the meat of the conversation was around like Google being creepily convenient, right? Like yeah. I give Google, we, are, we give Google our data and in return, they do these things around like, you know, Finding discounts, or like you know, reminding me of things like when yeah. I need to leave. They, me giving them their data, changes into them investing in my, uh, or like using my data to make my life easier and more productive. Yeah. Facebook, if we look at it, so Facebook has all this data, and we've seen nefarious purposes with Facebook's data. See yeah. Cambridge Analytica and like you know, 2016 election. Everything so, that. Ends- so with Facebook and Facebook Libra, like my, I think it has privacy data implications. And I don't trust Facebook with like my data as I do like Google, you know. And honestly, yeah. like, have you ever clicked on a Google AdWords ad? I barely have. I can count on probably one hand how many times I have. It's normally kind of search for something and it's like the first mm-hmm. result. But then it's interesting though, because like Facebook is creep like they Facebook advertisements are more accurate than Google advertisements for me, at least on Instagram. Cause oh, hey, they it's do creep- that one's creepily accurate. I'm just like, yo, son, what it is wild? Out here mentioning something about like, you can mention anything. Talk about like, you know, no, uh, white shoes, and they will start advertising me these like some drop shipping China. So his shoe brand, it's a little bit creepy. It is creepy, man. We're like, so sometimes it's interesting because we're in particular data science together. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought. Say, like my whole tune on this has changed like six years ago mm-hmm. whenever i was like doing research under uh professor or like professor shawa yeah like i thought data was going to kind of form this world like the whole like not even big data machine learning and like ai and stuff like that but i thought like you know we're going to see some like cool like leaps and bounds like yeah. that but at the same time it's actually gone like i feel like it's being used more nefariously than it is being used like positively and and that's the same after the last election too though like Oh, I mean, dude, the the last election was social media. It's like social media and like this whole data, like the things around data privacy. So the last the, the last election was a was a confluence of a lot of things. I think the the people from Strategic, the Ben Thompson podcast kind of spoke about it in a way that kind of made sense to me. Uh, the thing is like what shifted is like the TV station, right? Back in the day, like print and TV kind of were the gatekeepers of who people would be interested to elect in the first. So they would already filter out people who didn't sound good or terrible. And all of a sudden, the moment you have like this different path, we go from having to go through like a time 
of during Fox News, you, you end up from going to having to go through a gatekeeper to directly be able to interact with the elector, like us, the people who vote, right? So that made it so that you could just hyper-target the people because that's what like Facebook was built for, was built to like, let me get your preference in front of you. And that like, if you use that extreme word, you can just become the person who people want to talk about. And I think Facebook and Twitter and whatever ended up driving what TV was talking about and uh, candidates were rising up instead of being the other way around, which is the way, like like the news and whatever would decide who went forward and people would go talk about it on social. The other way around happened where social was started to direct who people uh, wanted to hear more from and talk about. And then the TV. If you look recently, the Joe Rogan podcast and H3 started driving uh, popularity on this. Uh, was it Sanders just skyrocketed yeah. in, uh, in poll? We're living in the worst timeline. I wonder if and, it's a uniquely American phenomenon because, like, no, it's, it's interesting. But it's like whenever I went to Nigeria, I think I said, I mentioned, yeah, I've been in an earlier episode. My cousin, one of my cousins, my mom's little brother, my uncle, was like, Ihani, why do you like Donald Trump? I'm just like, I'm just let's give myself the same freaking question. Let's not talk about this. Yeah, and, and the hardest thing is like, based on how the campaigns, you can, based on the campaigns you can set up on Facebook and Twitter, how well you can hyper target, everyone would be for someone for different reasons. Right. It's interesting. You have these whole propaganda machines that have um, more like, it's weird how, I mean, racism has always been like present in America, like from South Carolina, I can tell you. That. But um, it's interesting how it's become a little bit more, and like, I'm sheltered being in New York City. I'm in a liberal bubble. Like, yeah. people out here aren't bold enough to be like blatantly like. But also, like, the, this is. But you know what I'm saying? Like, um, Breitbart and like, you know, all these uh-huh. other people. Like, it's funny because not, not even funny. Like, it's weird. Cloudflare as a company, as a tech company, they're over here on like, Raising the big stink, like not raising a big stink. If their CEO is always like trying to play like freedom of thought is freedom of speech type of like ordeal. When you ever have sites like HN or Daily Stormer, which is about white supremacy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and like oh, like you know, keeping them as customers and stuff like that, which is just bonkers to me to think so about. It, yeah, no, I, I no, I def, I totally see what you mean, but so. I think there's like two points in the impact in that like as we move forward, we're starting to see. So the first part was like, I think it, with like people having the ability to find like-minded people and it being popular, like coming to like these. Um, Reddit's played a role in that too, but they're having yeah, no, like, everything where like community can aggregate and spread virally just ended up being like you, once you find people who are more like you and once it gets talked about on news, you start feeling as something normal to do. And depending on, where you stand you start feeling you start feeling more confident about displaying because you know you're not alone yeah right that's one two the other side of it is like we are starting to see like the companies that really drive communication having to figure out how like at what point do we step in do we want to become the moral arbiters of like america or at what point do we say this is too much this, I guess, this is the conversation that we're willing to have. And they're trying to figure out what their role is in this world. And it's going to take a few iterations, right? Like, well, only, it's, only, me, that it's only recently that Cloudflare was like, all right, we're going to kick off. Um, white supremacist and like, you know, yeah, which one was and yeah, yeah, it's only recently we're like, all right, we're going to, uh, you know, we're HN. We did the same thing for David Stormer, but like they were on defense about it until like no, the CEO, he, like, 
the heat from probably like you know um no, the body internally but there's ways people comms or whatever comms people like no i know exactly is that like i would like at which point you know like at which point do we do we decide to like i right, deplatform also the other thing is like deplatforming is it not is. necessarily the best solution to what's going pause 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 time out time out time out there have been studies that show that deplatforming is effective alex jones being kicked off of youtube no, no, it is everywhere. No. It is, no, I'm, I'm not saying about that guy no more. No, no, I know, I'm not saying it's not effective. I'm just saying there's a privatization of moral compass. Like, but not, you know, not, you know, in Germany, you're not allowed to have anything related to Nazi, like Nazism. You can't talk about, like, you can't, like, Zero. like, what, what do you mean? Like, I don't think it's like a moral arbiter. Like, I think it's interesting because we talked about the stuff. Like, let me actually let me make myself clear. A hundred percent agree. Everything they did is the right thing to do. I 100% agree okay, that it is. I want to be 100. Like, first thing, I 100% agree with everything they did. Yeah. What I'm saying is, like, what are the, like, right now it works, but what are the long term consequences? Like, currently we see that the person in current power is doing everything to tilt it in a way that we don't like. So now my fear is that is there a company that can command a lot of capital in the future and it's going to, flip the switch the other way. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Big facts, like, if one company wanted to do that, Jeff Bezos could do that right now with AWS. No, like, be honest. No, <laughs> what I'm saying, like, and, like, the current state of affairs, the way people are stepping up to kind of say, this is the right thing to do, like, I commend them for that, right? But then you have to look at the dark timeline, right? What, like, in what case, like, currently everything is going a-okay, people need to be on the same, right? But is there a case where, uh, the person in charge, kind of current, currently it's like with current politics, like the person in charge has very different views mm-hmm. than yours, right? Like we can personally say that. Yeah. But then what if some person, like, will they be a time where the same tools are being used to reduce, uh, what should we call it, to reduce the, the conversation going in the wrong direction, no longer work, or they get used to kind of drive it negatively? Does that make sense? I mean, yeah, I mean, basically saying, like, what we did, like, what if we get some stuff, like, you know, I mean, I feel like we're low-key regressing back 20, 30 years when attacking exactly. black folk. I feel that. Right. Let's say so what said, you think that technology is being yeah. used for good at one point, like, I feel like we're living in the worst timeline, but, like, you know, it's like 50 good, like, half good, half bad, or maybe more like 60%. We can't assume we put numbers on it, right? But the way it's currently turning out, there are a lot of good people up, and yeah. a lot of the class slash power they have. Yeah. What do we do when it doesn't? Work? Right. And, that, and, that's, and that's for me, like that's what I'm worried about. I'm like, it's working now, but clearly at some point this is gonna stop working, and whenever that time comes, I don't know what we can do then. You know, like we got we gotta discuss like like the discussion needs to be had about like. Like a lot, there's a lot of pressure of like, do this right now, and there's never follow on answer of like, well, now that we've done this, it's more like what's what's happening now is more of a stop, right? How do you ensure that doesn't happen again? And I haven't had this happen personally, right? But I, mean, I know that's I think a, it's a general conversation needs to be elevated than more than that. But also right now they're like, yeah, hard. I mean, like you know, like I said, going back to the like Germany has not happened again. Like they're like all the stuff like. It's not even censoring, because censoring has a negative connotation to it, but blocking or prohibiting the, like, you know, uh, even showing, like, what is paraphernalia or, like, you no, know, or even, like, you know, Nazi imagery, language, et cetera, et cetera. Band- yeah, that's, that's only in museums. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Like, and I don't know, like, you're from Rwanda. I don't know if y'all have anything similar of, like, because well, you all got rid of that from not happening again. You're saying, I'm not Hutu, I'm not Tutsi, we're only one Rwanda. Like, you have to get rid of the ideas that fester those thoughts, right? And so, too, I will, I think that's what they did. I'm not going to, I left when I was three and I have never revisited the place on the end. What I learned in school. I've never gone back to how they're, how they're, uh, how they're dealing with it. Yeah. Um, but I guess that's one way to go forward. I, for me, I'm just saying it's like, I think in Germany, right, and sorry, I'm not German, so thinking about how that's going on. But like Germany twice. So. Overall, yeah. I would like to think that all of them are like more than 50% are on this. In the U.S., it seems to be like 50-50 on a lot of these different countries. It's like the United States is a country with the history of racism, pervasive yeah. racism. I mean, not even that. Like the U.S. itself is like 50, con- like even if something were to pass federally, the other 50 countries, 50 states can say something different. You mean 49? Sure. With Quick math. Right? <laughs> like, no, like, if, if it, even if it passes early. Weed, like, can weed, legal weed, right? In Denver, yeah. or in Colorado, Seattle, um, Washington, um, California, and I think Oregon. Here's what happened. Like, you know, it's like, they're legal at the state level. But mm-hmm. given the fact that it's still prohibited federally, this is why you have to pay using debit cards or cash, because you can't have it use credit card transactions because of two. So, yeah. I know, that's what I'm saying. So, given that, it's just like, change in this country doesn't it just i don't like america's decide like you know europe like it is a special like america is a very special case each state in america is like the case of a each of a different country yeah. in it's like a different europe. country and that's a whole and different the only, and the only, yeah and there's different ideology when you want to say to the other for cultural shifts you know cultural shifts all of a sudden a lot of these things that were pushed at the high level doesn't get translated so like that's real and to a certain degree like a lot of tech companies who seem to be going with like, what David is right like I don't I don't know if that's going to be a better move going forward than you know than kind of going by the old way of rules and stuff yeah. like, I don't know I just personally I've just seen like the last two years have very much challenged how I personally view the world sure. and so I've just been kind of taking it all in as as yeah, real talk, the last two years or three years, however long Mr. Trump wild ride is made me an, what is it, nihilist or whatever? Yeah, nihilist. Nihilist, yeah, yeah, life is me. You can catch us at Two Black Nerds on Twitter. We're getting an IG set up, so you can catch us at Two Black Nerds on Instagram. Instagram. You can get me on tw- on Twitter at Kuchu, that's K-W-U-C-H-U. And yeah, you know, sign the DMs if you need us. And yeah, y'all, uh, catch you next time. Bye. Bye.